This is an AMI podcast. Have you ever wanted to find out some of the things we do and say on commercial breaks? Well, you're about to hear some things you've never heard before on the neutral zone. Be warned, as the saying goes on our show, you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. Viewer discretion is advised. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live from AMI headquarters in the center of it all. Holy moly! This the most seeny, unbelievable, is the most amazing, sensational, dramatic in history. The neutral zone. Oh my goodness! What's going on, folks? It's another edition of the Neutral Zone here on AMI Audio and Voices for Ability. I am indeed your host, Brock Richardson. Joined this week by Brett Wills and King Rockavina. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Very well. Uh, you know, I just, I, I can't help but say, I, I love that intro. I love the intro to this show. Even if you're in a, even I find, if I'm in a crummy mood, even before we go on air, when I hear that intro, I just get fired up. How are you doing? Oh, not as good as he is. Definitely not uh, as good as he is. Ooh. Why? No, 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 no. I'm not getting into it. There's absolutely no reason to get into so, it. So you just want the world to know that you're not in as good of a mood as Rukavina, but you're not going to no, get into you why. Know, you know what? Except for our loyal listeners, everybody else can just... Okay. Because I, I, I I've had a week and I, I'm really, really frustrated with society at the moment. All right. Fair wow. enough. You, should... you know what? You know what? Let me divulge just a little, a little bit. Because I think we'll we'll go on a little bit further later, but uh, a certain coworker of ours, or, who may or may not be in studio with us right now, he just he got under my skin a little bit this week, and uh, just for a silly little spelling error. All right, but I gotta point out that anytime any any one of us has a spelling error on social media, you are on top of this spelling error like flies on beep. But that's okay. Yeah, but you know what? I'm perfect, and so I'm allowed to do stuff like that. Anyway, on that note, Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing much better than Brett, that's for sure. Um, I'm pretty excited. I'm going down to my first Jays game of the year uh, right after this show. So hopefully I can be a good luck charm for those Blue Jays because I think they've lost nine of their last 11 at home. So hopefully uh, me donning on my Blue Jays t-shirt and heading down there can at least bring them a little bit of luck. Are you a uh, are you a big country music fan? Because I understand this is uh, yeah. there's a big country music promotion there with the Jays games this weekend. There is a big country music promotion. I'm sort of indifferent with country music. My girlfriend's huge into country music, so uh, you know I am starting to get into it. But I, I couldn't tell you probably a single song or an artist maybe, <laughs> really. But I'm not against it. That's for sure. Maybe if the Jays game gets out of hand, as many of them have of late. Uh, you know, you, you might end up doing some line dancing or some dosi doing or something, you know? No, oh, Jeff. Sure. You know, country music in 2019 is a lot different than country music of, say, Dave, your era. Yeah. Yeah. So could we really consider it country music? Uh, good question, but uh, it is what it is. Because and, there was uh, uh, Stomp and Tom Connors. Um, there's. Uh, you know, speaking Merle of Tom, Merle Tom, yeah, 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 or something. But you know Alan what? Jackson. You pulling names? Alan, Alan Jackson. There you go. But let's go back to uh, let's go back to Stomp and Tom uh, Connors for a second. There, uh, I, that Petro Canada Live by the Leaf commercial that you see, where he goes across all the different parts of Canada and profiles uh, all the different people. I love that commercial. I think that's a great. I think that's one of the best commercials out there. Is that in fact Stomp and Tom? Like, I know he's been dead now for a while, but is that one actually one of his songs? I believe so, yes. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's that so. one where he gets all the countries, yeah, and, or yeah. not, sorry, all the provinces? Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm like 90% sure that is a Stomp and Tom song. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking as well, but I just uh, haven't been able to confirm okay, that. Okay, now that I've started talking a little bit, can we shift focus back to... Brett and maybe what's bugging him a little bit. No, I want to ask Jeff a question. Okay, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go to the Jays game, are you going to go down to Jurassic Park? Probably not. What? Probably not. 
because the game will probably end at around 6, 6.30. It's the 3.07 start time. I think people start lining up for Jurassic Park in the afternoon at some time. And I think they officially opened the Jurassic Gate, if you want to call it that, at 6.30. So I don't think I'd even get in. Plus, if it's going to be raining, I don't know if I want to stand outside. Jeffy, um, it's supposed to stop it, raining around 3.30 today. That's good. That's but perfect. But I, th- I think it's supposed to come back, though, in the evening. I th- I think we're supposed to be in the clear. I think it's supposed yeah, to come I, back oh, around 6 o'clock, but then it clears up oh, after maybe that. maybe by game time. So for 8.30 yeah. game time, it should be fine yeah, for those yeah. who are out in Jurassic Park. But I'm not one of those type of people who like to stand around and watch it. I'm sure it would be a fun environment. But at the same time, I think I like watching a game in the comfort of my own home or at a bar or restaurant rather than going to Jurassic Park. So on Tuesday... I was. Uh, I came home from work and I, I checked my phone and I noticed that a friend of mine, who uh, some of us around here know and some of us don't, but uh, a friend of mine had gone for a walk down close to my house. So I, I texted him and I asked him if I could join him because I had a little bit of energy Tuesday night. I guess it was a slow day at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went for a walk and uh, we went for a 5K walk and on our way I'm back. I'm surprised you're not complaining about your arms still. Oh, my, my hips are a little sore. My hips sore every single day. Okay. Anyway, so so on our way back, we were two two and a half kilometers there, two and a half kilometers back. We it's a fairly busy path, or a, 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 I don't even know what to call it. But uh, these two older ladies, they were probably in their seventies, were on a, a run or a walk as well, and they were running towards us, and I could see this lady reaching into her fanny pack. As she was running towards us. Was it an actual fanny pack? It was 100% a fanny pack. It wasn't Drake-level fanny pack, but it was definitely fanny pack. All right. So as she's running towards us, she gets about 50 yards from us, and she yells to us, Can I take your picture? Can I take your picture? And I promise you, without missing a beat, I said, Ma'am, you can take my picture, but I promise you, I'm not stopping so you can take my picture. So if you, if I wheel past <laughs> you and you haven't got, got me... You're gonna have to chase after me to take your take my picture because it's just not happening. All right. So then, so that was my Tuesday. You know what you should have done? You should have said, "Sure, you can take all the pictures you want at twenty five grand a pop." <laughs> Why would she ask you for your picture? <laughs> well, we were we were talking about this in the lunchroom just before we came on air, and I'm convinced, and and I, I'm actually really uncomfortable talking about this, but I'm convinced it was because. I'm a person with a disability in a wheelchair doing something active, and she probably wasn't used to seeing something like that. Oh, my goodness. You know, the other thing, too, though, is maybe she's a closet listener of the neutral zone and just didn't <laughs> want to admit to it. That, that's true. Ma'am, I know we. I didn't stop to introduce myself or sign an autograph. I apologize. Next time, if I see you, I promise we'll, t- we'll take as many pictures as you want together. You're a Z-class celebrity, Brett. <laughs> do you uh do you have do you know what her name was or do you just it was just like a flyby it was it's little old lady from mississauga okay fair enough yep. all right on that uh finish of story time with Brett in segment one we are going to uh move on and discuss the uh toronto raptors we're actually going to bring in a avid listener of the network and our show who's going to discuss um with us the toronto raptors we will be right back here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I'm your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Brett, Will, Brett Wills, David Recavina, and Jeff Ryman. I was going to call you Cameron, but I also didn't Yeah, I was wanna, wondering why you were stumbling uh, over my name. I, I didn't want to die. So You, you know, if I were you, Brett, I would take that as the ultimate insult. I, I'm pretty hurt. That's okay. Yeah, and it was funny because in the break, you were basically saying, oh, you're my brother from another mother, and <laughs> now you can't even get your name right. <laughs> oh, now we're getting into, into some rather intimate details here, right? All righty. Well, 
earlier this week I had made the well, I had made the suggestion to bring uh one of a listener of the network, also a friend of mine, uh Catherine, who's been around AMI for quite a bit. She has become a newly found Raptor fan, shall we say, because of their success. So we're gonna bring Catherine on who's gonna give us a different perspective from a fan who Maybe not necessarily has watched the Raptors, but it's kind of got on board. So, Catherine, welcome to the show. Heidi ho, neighbor. Now she's <laughs> pulling uh, Mr. Rogers on us. There we go. Heidi, Heidi, Heidi ho. Anyway. So, that, I thought we discussed not singing on this show, but <laughs> I, anyway. This segment could go in all kinds of directions. But first, we're going to start with the uh, recap. Obviously, the first two games, uh, the Toronto Raptors got... Um, beaten narrowly, some would say on their own accord, in Game 1. They could have had that game. Then they got blown out in uh, Game 2 in Milwaukee. Then we came back home and they uh, won a a double overtime game in Game 3 in Toronto. And then they won by 18 in Game 4. Then we're tied 2-2. Then we go to Milwaukee and they win what I would say was kind of the most important game they needed to win because you need to obviously get one game in Milwaukee to make this thing happen. I guess, Catherine, we'll start with you. As a, as a fan, what has um, made you come towards the Toronto Raptors? Like, why now are you excited about the Raptors? I guess it's a prerequisite to be your friend. <laughs> but no, it, it's... it's the, we don't it's, tell people that. Okay. <laughs> and the payment, of course. <laughs> Um, I think it's the excitement and the uh, just the anticipation, and it's just good basketball. They're just doing a really good job fighting back and forth, and who can get what, and who can put it in the hoop. And but it's just you know, it's just power there. Yeah, in my opinion, it's a it's a it's a country uh, it's a country thing, and I truly believe it's a united thing. Guys, what was the difference versus game? One and two versus what we've seen in three, four, five. What's the biggest difference? I think there are two of them. Uh, obviously, we saw Fred Van Vliet, on, I should say Fred Van Vliet Sr., uh, come alive on Thursday night hitting those seven three-point shots. Uh, but the other thing, too, is um, you're seeing a tag team develop there between uh, Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol out there, and they're doing it. They're they're wreaking. They're playing havoc with Milwaukee's offense, uh, especially in the last two games. And Milwaukee's got to find a way to figure out that combo tonight, or their season ends. Brett, I think I've been saying this all year, and I, I strongly believe it now more than ever. Ever, I think that. Toronto is out coaching, being out coached. No, sorry. I think Milwaukee is being. No, <laughs> I was going to say, no, wow. No, 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 no. I, I believe that Toronto is out coaching Milwaukee. Actually, I would agree with, it, with the way you started. I would say that in game one and two, I would say that the reverse was true. I would and say. it's really, really funny that I'd say that because during the offseason when Toronto was looking for a coach, Milwaukee's coach was the front runner. That's right. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh huh. And and it's amazing and hilarious that it's come full circle to this point that Toronto is out coaching Milwaukee. I, I don't know if uh, Buddenholzer out coached Nick Nurse that badly in the first two games. I, I I'm a believer too. You can have what you know. You can devise the best strategies in the world, but the guys still have to make the shots on the court. And if they don't make them, and the Raptors were pretty cold there earlier in the season in, in the series, and you know if the shots don't go in, all the strategy in the world doesn't matter. I think for me, the biggest difference in the first couple of games versus the last couple of games where the Toronto Raptors have won. Um, a lot of people have been saying, oh, well, it's just Kawhi Leonard playing and outplaying Giannis. And I think that is uh, not very factual. In fact, I feel like Giannis has been playing at a pretty high level. In his last game, he had 24 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists, which is normally lower than his career averages. But at the same time, that's a pretty darn good game. And you can't say that he's not producing. 
But what you can say is that the rest of his team is not producing at the highest level as what you're used to seeing. And Chris Middleton had six points. He had six points last game, and that was mainly because Kawhi Leonard was playing D on him. But still, uh, Chris Middleton is one of those guys who's going to be um, vying for a max contract in the NBA as he's a free agent. And if you're looking for a guy who's a max contract worthy guy, six points in a key playoff game is just not going to do it. And you look down their roster, Nikola Mirotic, nine minutes, 0 for 4 from the field, 0 for 3 from three point, zero points from Nikola Mirotic, who they acquired at, at the trade deadline. Um, um, they also have uh, Eric Bledsoe who had uh, 20 points last game, but prior to that had a pretty bad game. Um, I think he shot two for 12 or something from the field. It's just, you know how we were talking about the Raptors bench not supporting Kawhi at the beginning? It's now reversed, where Giannis is basically trying to carry this Milwaukee Bucks team, but he's getting no support really from the rest of his bench. So I think that's really the difference, and I think that's partially due to uh, Nick Nurse sort of solving that problem, which I think is Giannis. They're obviously double or triple teaming him, and they're making the Milwaukee Bucks take tough shots. So I think that it's a bit of both what you just said, Brett, is um, it's the bench of Milwaukee not playing to its potential, and Nick Nurse, I think, slightly outcoaching the Milwaukee Bucks. Is it just me... Or is it more, is it noticeable now because now we've played X number of games going back to the regular season on to now, but is Giannis really not a good free throw shooter or is it the pressure? Somebody help me out with, I'm, I think I'm it's just more, not sure which one it is. I think it's more the pressure to be perfectly honest. I still think that Giannis is the best player in the game, uh, except for maybe Kawhi. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, Kawhi, definitely. But uh, watching, if you watch the other side and Golden State, I mean, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, those guys have just come alive. But anyway, we can, we'll have more time the, for that. The thing about Golden State, though, is that I think that they're more of, they're more of a complete team. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. And they've been getting and tremendous play from no, their no bench dis- as well. No disrespect to the Raptors, obviously, because I'm a huge fan, and certainly no disrespect to Milwaukee because they've they've surprised me all season. But I think I don't think you can compare Golden State to either one of those teams. It's, they, they, they are. I don't they, know. It's no, interesting that you say that, though, and, and I, I don't mean to take this in another direction, but. Watching, I remember game four uh, when Golden State swept Portland. The announcers were just nauseating on, I think it was uh, ESPN. They were talking about what a great final it will be between Milwaukee and Golden State. And who, Jeff Van Gundy, who's coached mm-hmm. in the NBA for a long time with several teams, really amazed me when he came out and said, I think Milwaukee should be considered a prohibitive favorite to uh, to win the NBA championship. The only way I could see Golden State beating Milwaukee is if Kevin Durant comes back in the series. Now that holy jumpins! Uh, I, I mean, I know five percent of on, on a good day, on a you know on a great day, I, I probably have five percent of the technical knowledge that Jeff Van Gundy does. And he's getting paid to make statements like that. Jeez, but is that where, where do I find a job like that? Is that is that ignorance towards Canada? I I, I think it is. It's it, it's it's definitely a lack of respect. Like after game after game five, they're still not giving the Raptors the credit they deserve. Like in it, and I really hope that they finish this job tonight. I want to discuss uh, Catherine. I'm going to start with you on this one. I want to discuss Drake because. Drake has been in the media. We know what Drake's role is. Do you think that Drake is in the head of Milwaukee? Totally in the head of Milwaukee. And Milwaukee even said that on the uh, the other night when we were, I was listening to the game. They were commentating and saying, yeah, he is totally in their heads and he's messing with them. And they are he is doing his job the way it's supposed to be done in my my thought first when i heard about him i'm thinking why is this guy there what is he doing and then i'm learning more and i'm finding out he's doing what he's paid to do mess with their heads and their confidence is totally going down a little bit and they're losing sight of what they're supposed to be doing i think 
for me, the biggest surprise was when Budenholzer, before Game 5, actually acknowledged this. And, and I'm thinking to myself, don't you have to worry about a game as opposed to a guy on the sidelines? Like, for me, that that's... Like, Drake, as you just said, Drake is doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Brett? Well, the irony that the, that this is a sports show and I'm about to talk what I'm about or say, it, it, it's just... Anyway, John Tory came out, and he's, uh, he's the mayor of Toronto, as most of us know, and he said, quote, Drake is Toronto's most enthusiastic ambassador. The fact that it aggravates people in Milwaukee actually makes me happy. It doesn't mean I don't have to do it. End quote. Well, I, I just, I, I, I t- you can take those comments and throw them out the window because guys like uh, guys like John Tory, well, what's the definition of a politician? A politician basically is a professional ass kisser. That's all. But uh, anyway, aside from that, oh, you must be in that regard as well, eh, Brett? <laughs> anyway. Uh, I don't know. To me, I guess maybe this is where I'm really showing my old school, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I find this whole thing disgusting. Like, Drake, he already was Toronto's greatest ambassador prior to this series. Uh, you know, for him to be, you know, going up and down the sidelines, for him to be giving Nick Nurse a, a neck rub in the middle of a game, I, that, that, that that just, to me, that's... Uh, let the, Decide the game. No, wait a second, Brett. Decide the game on the court or on the ice. You know, those antics of, of Drake, he should go, you know, Vince McMahon should be at courtside tonight as well with a contract ready to sign Drake to become a WWE manager. That's where those antics belong. I'm giving you a technical. I don't care. Because you see this, have seen this in basketball for at least 20 years. Spike Lee to Reggie Miller. Yeah. Jack to anybody that plays the Lakers. Yeah. And, sorry, anybody relevant that plays yeah. the Lakers. Yeah, every... yeah, yeah, you're right. So, so I, mean, I mean, and you know what? Had we done shows at that time, I would have said the same thing as well. But you know what? So I think. Sorry, Brock. I didn't mean to cut no, you off, ahead. but I'm going to anyway. I think you're wrong. That's fine. I think he's wrong too. Hundred percent. I. This is. That's fine. This is. This is. And you know what? You probably don't want to watch tonight's game if you because he's going to be. He should be. Uh, like. Uh, going nuts on the sideline. This is what go he, nuts on the sideline, but keep it in the seat. Don't 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 spill out onto the court. Or, or in fact, I think if anything, I'm surprised that the league hasn't fined the Raptors for allowing unauthorized people on their sideline. Why he's an owner? He's a part owner of this team. What, what? Drake is a shareholder yes. in MLSE? Yeah, yes. it's like 1% or something. Oh, really? Very small. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't know that, yeah. believe it or not. I, I know it's small, but like, let's see, folks, you never know what you're going to get when you enter the neutral zone. This is yet another prime example of what goes on here. Jeff, you had quite the tweet that I really enjoyed uh, earlier this week. What's a you on the Drake front? Yeah, I I love it. I Just give me more. I want him to go even harder tonight. I, I really do think that he is under the skin of the Milwaukee Bucks. And as we mentioned, Mike Budenholzer had some ridiculous comments saying, uh, whatever Drake is, I think he's a fan or something, and uh, he shouldn't be there touching play. What does that have to do with your team? He was just salty that his team lost. Yeah. That's basically it. He was making an excuse, and I think that's completely Bush League of Mike Budenholzer. He should know better to to then to blame uh, a, a person in, on on the crowd that basically is just another person chirping your team. I mean, it, it just happens. It's not like Drake ran onto the court and was pushing people around or obstructing the game. He was just, you know, being obnoxious from the sideline like 18,000 other people at the uh, at the Scotiabank Arena. And, yeah, you're, you guys are right. Drake is – he's employed by the team. He's their global ambassador. They Million have and OV, a half. They Million have OVO half. jerseys because of Drake. They have their practice facility named after Drake. This guy is not a fan. He is part of the team. He can basically do whatever he wants. And uh, and we even saw that after that game, after Mike Budenholzer made those ridiculous comments, Nick Nurse came out and said, I have zero problem with it. I mean, he's there. He didn't there. even know. He didn't even, Nick Nurse didn't even know that he was 
touching his shoulders. Yeah, and like, people think that's crossed the line. And I'm just thinking, well, if the coach has no problem with it, the team has no problem with it, then why is this even being brought up? I think it's just a bunch of Milwaukee fans um, just being a little bit salty from the fact that they lost. And no, if, Milwaukee, I, if Milwaukee had a Drake-type personality on their sidelines, I'm all for it. They can do whatever they want. But clearly, I, they You know, don't Jeff, you guy. partially answered my question because, you know, and I'm a believer as well in the old line, you know, what goes around comes around. And one day this is going to happen to the Raptors. They're going to go someplace, and some celebrity is going well, to go buck on them on the on on, on, on court side. It sort of happened, I guess, to a very minor extent in Washington a couple of years ago, where rapper Wale was sort of trying to get in the heads of okay, the Toronto Okay, but he Raptors. wasn't he wasn't on Drake's level though. But no. uh, and I think if you're referring to the series that I think you are, Jeff Washington had things quite a bit in hand in that series as well, but. Be that as it may, but I want to see, you know, what the response is going to be in Toronto if, you know, one series at any point in time, the Raptors find themselves facing elimination, uh, largely to the annex of a uh, of a celebrity at courtside. Right. We, we keep talking about Mike Budenholzer, and it's getting really annoying, but I, just a scenario that popped into my head. If Mike Budenholzer decided or what had been hired to be the, the the Raptors coach this year and the exact same scenario happened where Drake was rubbing his shoulders what was Budenholzer Budenholzer going to say was he going to stay quiet or was he going to say oh I didn't even recognize, recognize that he was there or was he going to say oh I didn't appreciate that he was rubbing my shoulders he's like, he's going to have the exact same response as Nick Nurse yeah, yeah so probably, I mean yeah. shut your damn mouth <laughs> It definitely fires people up. Yeah, yeah, yeah that it does. That, that clearly, that that's <laughs> that's for sure. But I like it, and I was sort of joking. I mean, Drake is a huge celebrity, and if you're a guy like Chris Boucher, Jeremy Lin, one of those guys who are sort of background players, if you will, on the Toronto Raptors, that is the coolest thing to have Drake come into your huddle. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, they're going to play in the NBA for, you know, five, ten years or whatever, and then no one will even know about them probably. And then they can say to their grandchildren, hey, me and Drake were pretty cool with each other back in the day. And I think that is special. Drake is more than just a fan. He's also a recruiting tool. And I think that, you know, having a star power like that near the sidelines could be enticing to some of those players who want to play in Toronto. Who knows? Maybe Kawhi Leonard stays because he's a huge fan of Drake. I'm just speculating. I don't know anything. Uh, but who knows? I mean, he can be one of those recruiting tools, I think. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's super fun to watch. You know, you, you, okay, go ahead. You know, I know I know. we probably need to move on to the next segment shortly. But I posted this on, fa- uh, on Facebook on Thursday. And uh, somebody called me out saying that Drake is part jock sniffer, part wannabe hockey goon sitting courtside. What? Uh. C- c- comparing com- comparing Drake, he said comparing Drake to Jack is laughable. Yeah, well, to a certain extent, I can see why people say that because you know all those like Spike Lee is at every single New York Knicks game. Drake comes to what maybe ten percent of Spike the Spike Lee is season. also in his six fifties or sixties, and he's got nothing better to do. Well, I'm sure he has other hey, things. Watch no, 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 watch Sp- it there. Spike Be careful is, with your comments. Spike Lee <laughs> wins an Academy Award once every ten years. Yeah, an Academy Award once every ten years. Listen, I've <laughs> seen Drake. I, Drake is winning Grammys left, right, and center. Listen, I've seen Rukavina go off on this show, and uh, yeah. So age does not mean a darn age is, age is a no, number. Man, you misinterpreted what I said, and I apologize, mm-hmm. King. <laughs> At least you got it right. Yeah, you got that much right. Anyway, I'll give you. I'll give I, you that. I much. mean, you, you are old, but you're older. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, hey, I refer to myself as a young sixty-five. Okay, so I mean, there you go. Full of wisdom. All right, around and the- and and, and, and uh, two other things: one beginning with a P and one beginning with a V. All right, we'll leave it at that. Around the table, do the Raptors win tonight? Uh, let's do that first, and let's see what everybody says, and then I'll do it again if you don't say what I want you to. Do the Raptors win tonight? They, yes, they have to because if they go back to Milwaukee, they're done. Do the Raptors win tonight? Yes, only if they don't get too confident and forget what they're supposed to do. Did the Raptors win tonight? Yeah, uh, Brett uh, echoed my sentiments exactly. Jeff, 
Yes, I think they do win. The Milwaukee Bucks have lost only twice in a row, once in the regular season. They've now lost three in a row in the postseason. They haven't faced a whole lot of adversity. I think they look a little lost right now. I think the Raptors can pull it out, especially at home. Jeff, I'll start with you because I know what the other two are going to say. If they don't win tonight, is the series over? No, absolutely not. You guys both say yes, it is? I, I, I won't say that the series is over, but I think the, the everything, the, like all the momentum shifts back to Milwaukee. Series it, over if they don't win tonight? It's really hard to win in Milwaukee as we've realized this series. Um, is it over? No, but it's it's pretty close. Series over if they don't win? Whatever, whatever they say. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't believe the series is over if they don't win tonight. I think that they would be able to uh, uh, bounce back, but I do think they're going to win tonight. So that is my story. The game tonight is 8.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sportsnet. Pre-game begins at 8. Enjoy the game. If you're down there, be safe because Jurassic Park will be going nuts. I hope they have security for after the game if, in fact, they move on. And if you have me on social media, I can't watch the game tonight. Send me updates. Oh, I will definitely do that. How often do you, would you like update? Quarter by quarter? Uh, well, every six or seven minutes would be great. Okay. Cool. That, that, the... that must be one heck of a gathering you must be attending tonight, Brett, to miss the uh, Raptors game. I have, uh, a, I have a, just a quick question. I mean, for those heading down to Jurassic Park, do we know if it's accessible or not? Like, is there, like, a little accessibility area? Or I, well, you could wheel in there. I don't. I, I wouldn't think that'd be a problem. I think. I mean, be... if I if I was going down there tonight, I would make a point of saying that I want to sit with Drake. So, <laughs> fair enough. By the way, just for the record, if the Raptors make it to the uh, NBA final, the seats are nine hundred and fifty dollars for the top of the uh, building and thirty two thousand dollars to sit beside Drake. The neutral zone guys and I will be pooling money together. I hope. Just kidding. <laughs> you should be a spokesman for uh, Lotto Max and Lotto Six Forty Nine. Well, well, uh, Dave, you're you're retired, so with your retirement fund, you're going to buy us courtside seats, right? Uh, you know what? If I have anything left over after taking care of myself, I'll be glad to <laughs> oblige. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's about time to. Move on. Go Raptors, go. I know we're supposed to be impartial, but I'm a Raptor fan, and that's just the end of that story. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup final. Rukavina is going to get his Bruin fix in, and he's going to rant and rave about how they're going to win the Cup, and St. Louis doesn't have a chance, probably. Uh, we'll see what happens on the other side of the break here on the Neutral Zone on AMI Audio. Stay with us. I'm your host, Brock Richardson. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I'm your host, Brooke Richardson, joined by Dave Recovina and Brett Wills and Jeff Ryman in our control room. Well, we talked a lot about the Toronto Raptors. It is now time to talk about the Stanley Cup Final. It is, the matchup is going to be the Boston Bruins versus the Blues. Um, gentlemen, thoughts? I'm going to let Dave go first on this one. Okay. I'm calling this one a toss-up, believe it or not, even though I've been a Bruins fan. Um, I like the way St. Louis has rallied in all three rounds previously, coming on very strong at the end, first against Winnipeg, on the road in Winnipeg, I might add, on the road against Dallas, and then coming back and and winning, even if it took double overtime in Game 7 against Dallas. Then against San Jose, that was a fairly even series, until game five, but the Blues were relentless and played uh, played San Jose very physically, realizing that the Sharks are, are really a team that can handle the heavy going and eventually wore down San Jose. Now, why I give St. Louis a, a, a good shot at beating the Bruins is the Bruins aren't necessarily the big bad Bruins of old. They have some size. They have guys who can play physical, but their approach is more playing a solid skating 200-foot up-and-down-the-ice kind of game. 
St. Louis plays that way too, but plays it with a little more physical gusto, if you will. And they, and plus the fact that given that that playing on the road doesn't phase the Blues at all, I think they're they have a very real chance to win this series. Uh, like I say, and I and I'm a Bruins fan, and I'm not taking any, anything away from uh, from the Bruins either. I'm not critical of them. That's just the way these teams play. Right. I will agree with Dave, and I, I'm going to uh, compare it to being blue collar. the The Blues have guys who are a number of guys who have been in this league an awful long time, or have been in hockey an awful long time, and are getting an, an opportunity. Jordan Biddington, 26 years old, rookie goaltender, playing out of this world. They've got Tyler Bozak, who's absolutely he's just he's come into his own being on the third line being used properly does that make you does that make your insides hurt no not, not at all I, I i love tyler bozak i'm super happy for him if wow, I, I i'm really impressed with that brett because i mean leaf leafs nation must just be agonizing about this that's what I would have thought too. They've got Robert Thomas. He's a rookie. He was in uh, Hamilton, Hamilton last, Hamilton year, last yeah. year. Well, London originally, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's been playing amazing. Patrick Maroon, who, as far as I am concerned, was ready to hang them up. And he has been an integral part of this St. Louis team in the playoffs. The fact that they were in last place on January 3rd of this year and now they're in the Stanley Cup Finals, this is a Cinderella story and you could not have written a better script. Speaking of Robert Thomas I, and how well he's played for St. Louis this year, making the NHL directly out of the OHL, I heard an interesting story about him and apparently um, at, at the draft, I guess it would have been two years ago now, um, when it was the Leafs' turn to pick, and I don't want to name names, although I think it'd be fairly clear who mm-hmm. sided with who, but the choice was between Timothy Lilligren, uh, who's toiling with the Marlies, and Robert Thomas. And when you look at the fact that Thomas is uh, playing more or less regular minutes with the Blues and has been, you know, for a lot of the season, and Lilligren has yet to play an NHL game. Uh, I think it's quite interesting. But do you attribute that to the fact that one's a defenseman and one's a forward, and it's a little bit no. di- more difficult? No. Okay. I I, th- I think it refers to. I think it speaks more to the dividing lines within the Leaf front office, and and, and that's fair. I'm just wondering. Yeah. The, there are certain positions in the in hockey that are a little bit more oh, difficult yeah, yeah. to pick up oh, 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 yeah, as you no, get, I, get in, I, I, into a higher I, level of yep. competition. Yep, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I have a question. So this goes back a series, but we're gonna. I'm gonna just ask you a question, and I want to know if this is a uh, a meaningful stat or not. Not really. So the the San Jose Sharks, after that supposed hand non hand pass, were only penalized five times. Or no, sorry, they were only. On the power play five times, the St. Louis Blues were on the were on the power play eleven times since that call. Do you think that that had anything to do with the non-call of the hand pass, or what do you guys think? No, but I certainly believe that special teams played an integral role in that series. I think the other thing too is I I don't know you know how much you know fate would enter into it or whatever. But I think, too, you know, you got to look at San Jose were put into situations that they couldn't respond to without taking penalties uh, by the Blues in a lot of that series. And if if you watch, especially as that series went along, and especially after the uh, uh, hand pass uh, game there, the Blues really took charge. And I, I, I give their head coach, Craig Berube, a lot of credit as well. Uh, even though I like Steve DeBoer or Peter DeBoer, I should say, as uh, you know, the San Jose coach, I think he's pretty good too. But I think Berube may have outcoached him in this one, and really got his team to not dwell on how they got ripped off with that hand pass, but to look forward and build off of that. And, uh, and I thought did a great job. And he let the referees know 
uh, after mm-hmm. that hand pass, what he yep. thought about it, but yep. didn't seem to uh, didn't seem to let his team rattle. Jeff, uh, what say you on either this uh, penalty discrepancy Stanley Cup final? I'll let you. Yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with that hand pass. Usually, what referees do is if they know they blew a call, they'll just maybe have a makeup call once in the game. But uh, I don't think that has had any effect from that series. Um, the one thing I also want to point out is we've talked about Jordan Bennington a lot, but we've sort of neglected Tuka Rask in how yep. outstanding he has been throughout this postseason. 942 save percentage, 184 goals against average, obviously 12 wins, four losses. Um, so he has been playing. Uh, like a number one goaltender, like maybe a Con Smythe goaltender um, winning the MVP of the the playoffs here. So I, I think that, you know, people have been talking about Bennington and the success he's had as a rookie, but Tuka Rask has been there. He's done that. He's got the plenty of playoff experience, including winning a Stanley Cup. Um, so I, I think that that's a huge part. And also, I, I feel like, the Boston Bruins have had tons of time off after after beating the Carolina Hurricanes. And I think that really bodes well when you're this deep in the playoffs. And some people say, oh, well, they haven't been playing and uh, they're going to be a little bit rusty. But, Dave, you probably know they had a scrimmage that sold out TD Garden yeah. <laughs> the other day. Isn't, Isn't that, that crazy? They yeah. sold out a team scrimmage. Unbelievable. So they're not going to be rusty. They're facing each other. I know it's not game action, and they're probably not going 100% and playing playoff hockey in a team scrimmage. But these guys have been on the ice. They're going to be ready. They obviously have that experience factor, and they've got the best line in hockey, let's face it. That David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, when they're on the power play, that is scary. That is a scary power play. I'm not sure if St. Louis has anything. I don't think any team has anything they can do to really combat that. So I don't know. I, I like Boston in this. And uh, if I was going to make a prediction, I'd probably say Boston in probably six games. Uh, I, I, St. Louis yeah. is pretty banged up, too. I mean, they've gone some pretty grueling series. Yeah. They've gone seven games. They've gone six games, you know. Uh, they've they've had a pretty tough playoffs, and I know they've had a couple of extra days rest here between their last game and the game on Monday. But I just I just think the Boston Bruins are are uh, really going to give it to them. I, I I agree with everything you've said there, Jeff. The only thing I was that impressed with St. Louis as, as as the playoffs went along, and this will be it'll be a tough test. I, I could see the series even going seven games, to be honest. I think that St. Louis is going to win. I think they're going to win in seven. And I'd like to know what kind of franchise milks their paying patrons or attendees for a practice. Let it be open. Let them come for free. That's a whole other discussion. That, that That is classless. And I'll, if it's a whole other discussion, we can move on. Although, although I happen to kind of agree with you. I think that if you're... If you're gonna have an open, uh, if you're gonna have a practice like that, let it be open. Yeah, yeah. I and maybe eighty thousand people will show up, and they have to turn sixty-two thousand people away. I agree, especially with your loyal fans. <laughs> you know, you don't. I don't know. That's just me. Anyway, we might get into that discussion uh, as we um, discuss the Stanley Cup final again, but we may not. We'll see. Uh, coming up next, after the break, we're going to talk a little uh, Toronto Blue Jays, maybe even the Marlies. We'll see what we get into right after the break. But I guarantee we're going to talk a little Vladimir Guerrero Jr. right after the break. Here on the Neutral Zone on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. We'll be right back. All right, let's have the discussion now, and maybe we'll put it on podcast. Would you would you charge them? Like, would you no. let it be an open? No, no. In fact, I did, I didn't even know that they had charged the fans yeah. until now. Yeah, you know the only way reason or the only way I'd charge them is if the money that they get from it goes to charity. Uh, you one hundred percent. You would hope so. Yeah, I I just don't I don't I don't even know what you're charging for. Like. It's just, I mean, I feel like, you know, they feel like they can make money off of 
something like this. So why not? I feel like, you know, I, I'm sort of with you guys, but at the same time, I understand why they would charge people because why not? You can make even more money. It's, yeah, like, Jeremy it's, it's like an extra game, right? Yeah, Jeremy Jacobs is one of the harder-assed owners as well. So Yeah. Personally, I've seen his deposition uh, re- recordings. I, I, uh-huh. I, it's uh, He's not my favorite. Oh, yeah. No, he, he wouldn't be the favorite of a lot of people. I just, I don't, like... I get that you're in a money business, but come on. But let's face it, I feel like most of the other teams would probably do the same thing. I feel like the Leafs would probably charge people for coming in because they know they're going to get people to come in. Harold Ballard did that. Yeah, did he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And welcome back to the Neutral Zone AMI Voices for Ability Broadcast booth. And we are set to get this ball game underway. The first pitch brought to you by Brock Richardson's Twitter account at NeutralZoneBR. In the first pitch, strike. And hey, gang, why not strike up a Twitter conversation with Brett Wills from the Neutral Zone? Find him at Neutral Zone Brett. Swinging a chopper to second base. Rukavina up with it. Throws over to first in time. Routine out. Richardson is retired. And folks, there is nothing routine about connecting with Cam Jenkins from the Neutral Zone on Twitter. Gather the family around, type in at Neutral Zone Cam J, and you're on your way. And that organ interlude was brought to you by AMI-audio on Twitter. Get in touch with the Neutral Zone. Type in at AMI-audio. We'll be back after this word from the Neutral Zone. Welcome back to the Neutral Zone here on AMI-audio and Voices for Ability. I'm your host, Brock Richardson, joined by Dave, Brett, and Jeff. We had a uh, conversation about uh, whether or not we felt that the Bruins should have, um, you know, uh, charged their customers to go into a practice. So check that out on the podcast. It was a uh, two-minute conversation during the break. It was a good one, so I urge you to check it out. All right. So this kind of went on in Toronto media longer than I would have thought it would have about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Came off of a road trip, hitting uh, four home runs, six games in a row, and six games played in a row, and then they decided to rest him on a Victoria Day holiday when there was about as many people as they've had all year outside of opening day. Now, Ross Adger, or sorry, Charlie Montoyo came out and said this was a team decision. And then Ross Adkins came out the day after saying, no, no, I left it up to Charlie Montoyo. So what say you guys about this? Dave, I'm going to start with you because your eyes have been raising the whole time I've been talking about it. What say you about this uh, Toronto uh, decision? I know you're not a big fan of management, so I'm looking forward to this one. You know, like Blue Jay management, they continually trip over their own feet. You want to be supportive of Shapiro and Adkins and throw Charlie Montoyo in there now as well. But these guys just keep, I don't know, they they can't get out of their own way, it seems. And this decision to rest Vladdy Guerrero, when I I first heard it, actually, because I went to that game last Monday, and what I got in the ballpark is when I first heard that uh, Vladdy wasn't going to play. And I thought, this is a, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is one of the big draws of the season. Jay's attendance already is down a ton. Them and the Giants lead MLB uh, in attendance uh, decline so far this year. I think Not Jay's... Not sure that's a lead, but yeah. Yeah, Jay's, Jay's <laughs> attendance is down already, like 20% from last year, which was down close to 20% from the year before. And who the heck knows what it's going to be like the rest of the season. So the Rogers Center was, I'd say it was half full uh, on, on Monday, uh, and, and pretty good given the, the current state of the team. Like Vladdy should... That should have been a game that he should have played. Tuesday night when, you know, you were going up against the Raptors and just being a Tuesday night, you knew that you weren't going to have half the people uh, out at the ballpark that you had on Victoria Day. Rest them then when there was relatively no one watching. Or the day before. Or the day before, yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, that as well. Uh, And and even then, how much rest does a 20-year-old player need? Brett, what say you? I totally agree with Dave, but I'm going to say, Ross Atkins, who the hell do you think you are? I, I, I can give a pass to Charlie Montoyo because 
He's new to this country. He may or may not understand statutory holidays or the significance of playing on statutory holidays when you're home. But it's just like Dave said, they're tripping over their own tongue. This team is going to be exciting at some point. The fact that the the attendance has declined, it's understandable, but it's disappointing. But they've got a guy like Kevin Biggio, who they just brought up yesterday, and he played last night. It's going to be a dumpster fire for the rest of the year. But I see come opening day next year, there's going to be an up and up. But I think you need to get rid of management. I think you need to get rid of Atkins and Shapiro because they are just causing toxic issue after toxic issue after toxic issue. Here's my thing. Did they even talk to each other? Because it makes be, you wonder, doesn't it? Because because based upon what either one of them said, one said one thing, the other one said the complete and polar opposite. But who are you inclined to believe? The manager. Well, yeah, the manager. Neither. <laughs> the, the manager, and this whole this whole excuse of oh, I didn't I didn't express to him uh, the importance of. Of Victoria Day, it's not. It's not so much the importance or not importance. It's a holiday. That's it. Like, and it's a big draw for the Jays. The simple. I don't care about the importance of it. The simple fact is, it's a holiday. End of story. Play the guys that everyone's going to come and see. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is probably the only reason why people are going to even go there. So I mean, come on, like, communicate and do the right thing. I think you're wrong. I think I'd be going just for Ross Atkins and uh, Shapiro. What, to see them talk from both sides of their mouth? Well, I, I, I would try to get into their box and have a civil conversation with them. You won't get anywhere near there. Jeff, what say you about uh, Ross Atkins? Yeah, I, I know we're running out of time here. I do think it's a little bit dysfunctional at the moment, and he did totally throw Charlie Montoyo under the bus. Totally. Um, although I will say this is that I do think people are overreacting just a little bit. It's one game. I know people are probably going to be ripping on me for that, but I, I firing a manager over one game of resting a player on a pretty special holiday. Um, yeah, it's a bad move, but it's not the end of the world. People are, you know, really overreacting and that's all I'll say. Yep. That is the end of our show, folks. I'd like to thank Dave Ruckavina, Jeff Ryman, Brett Wills. I'm your host, Brooke Richardson. I'd also like to thank our manager of AMI-audio is Andy Frank. Tune in next week because you never know what happens when you enter the neutral zone. See you next week.